What's up? Welcome to episode 21 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me is my main man, Woody V. Wood, Woods, how's it going, mate? Good, brother. Got my king's hat just to, you know, celebrate the uh, victory on Saturday night against you boys. Nice of you to rub it in, Woods. I appreciate that, mate. But, um, yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat about that game later in the show. What do you reckon? I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. So, yeah, just wanted to welcome everyone for, for joining to the episode this week. Um, just a reminder where to find us. Um, we're available on YouTube. Please make sure you like and subscribe. Um, if you want to listen to the audio, the podcast is available where all podcasts are found. All right, so today we're going to be speaking a little bit about the NBA All-Star Game. Um, we'll also be having some NBL talk. And, of course, we'll be opening up another classic pack this week, which will be a little bit different, a little bit of a teaser there. So, as you can see, it's an old NBL pack of cards this week. So we'll try and test out the knowledge with the old NBL Futura cards. So looking forward to that, Woods. It's been a long time since I've seen some of those yeah, cards. So excited, man. Yeah, definitely, mate. So, all right. So, look, as we do um, each and every week, we'll start off with showcasing our jersey. So, Woods, why don't you take us away there, man? Yeah, for sure, Robbie. I might just stand up um, and, and you can let the audience know uh, which jersey I'm wearing this week. Sure. So Woody's standing up wearing a very nice Brisbane Bullets number two Tory Craig jersey. So re- very relevant jersey with uh, Tory Craig sort of being being in the NBA. Tory got traded last week, didn't he, Woods? Back to Phoenix. I was Back just to about Phoenix. to speak yeah, on that. Sorry right? for stealing your thunder. Right, take it away. <laughs> I like that jersey, though. It's a pretty rare one, though, one. Yeah, and you might as well tell the audience that you saw it online and, and you want to tell them yeah, actually, uh, I was doing a bit of a search one night. I don't have a lot of funds at the moment. It was probably a couple of sizes too small for me. So I um, sent it to Woods and said, check out this jersey. You should get it. And I think you bought it straight away, didn't you? So, yeah, about five minutes later, it takes you. Thanks, no, bro. No, it looks, it, good. So. it looks good. So look, last week we spoke about how the NBL has been a great pathway for guys to get to the NBA, Robbie. And we mentioned a whole host of names that have made that transition. But the first guy to start that recent trend in 2017 uh, when he signed with the Denver Nuggets, was Torrey Craig, right? And he's forged a great NBA career, um, you know, most recently winning at that NBA championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. And as you mentioned, he's recently been um, traded back to the Phoenix Suns where he spent part of last season. So he'll have this opportunity to potentially win back-to-back championships with two different teams, right? Pretty cool, yeah. Um, and look, before he was in the NBA, he had a great NBA career. Firstly, with uh, uh, the Cairns Taipans from 2014 to 16. And then he spent one season with the Brisbane Wallets, this jersey that I'm wearing right now, in 2017. Uh, and that season, he was the NBL's Defensive Player of the Year. He had all NBL second team honors. And that success of, the se- of that season is really what uh, led to the NBA scouts uh, noticing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tori also spent some time in the New Zealand Basketball League and, and a short time with the Gold Coast Rollers in the Queensland Basketball Re- League, Robbie. But... Um, Great to see uh, one of our NBL alumni doing so well um, in the NBA and forging a great career, correct? And a quick one on that as well, Woods. I mean, obviously, we saw him from those sort of you know early days playing with Cairns. He's really improved his game over that time, hasn't he? I mean, he's never going to be an amazing knockdown shooter, but he's, a, he's not too bad a shooter out there now. He's had a few sort of games where he's hit quite a few threes there. He could not do that back in the day with Cairns and Brisbane, could he? No, and and I guess like as he's developed, that three and D player has become so important in the NBA. So for his yeah. ability to knock down that open three and also be a, a great wing defender, 
Uh, I mean, those combination of skill sets have, have been have been good for him to, to get that opportunity, would you say? It all, all clicked at the right time for him, absolutely. Yeah, no, I like that one, Woods. Thanks for showing us that one. Um, all right, so I'll just sort of um, show a little bit about what I'm sort of uh, wearing and showing today. So I'm doing the old double jersey thing today, as I like to do, Woods. So I guess um, hanging over my shoulder there, you can see the old school LA Clippers Andre Miller Nike jersey. So that's one of those Nike jerseys that I like there. It's actually a throwback to the 1983 LA Clippers jersey. Um, so look, I'll just quickly show you the one that I'm wearing and then I'll tell you a little bit about Andre the Professor Miller. So for all those who can't see, Robbie standing up with a old school Cleveland Cavaliers Andre Miller champion jersey. Almost forgot that he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, Robbie. But yeah, it's an old school one. I must say before I continue, Woods, I want to give a good, uh, big shout out to a really good mate of mine and someone you know as well in Jace. Um, so Jace actually uh, had this Andre Miller jersey before me. I'll throw it out there. I saw him wearing it one day and thought that is an awesome looking jersey. So it took me a while to find one, but I did find one. So thanks for the inspiration there, Jace. Um, so look, just a little bit of information about the professor there. So um, he played 17 seasons in the NBA, so pretty solid effort there. Um, after getting drafted by Cleveland at pick eight in the 99 draft out of Utah, um, as I mentioned, the professor uh, was his nickname. He played with nine different teams, but he never played with one team more than three seasons, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, so Woody, um, Andre Miller's accolades include... Um, 50-point game, 50-point uh, game. Well, we can say that, yeah. But in terms of actual <laughs> accolades that sort of go on the resume, there's not uh -huh. a lot there. It's a no. funny one for Andre Miller. So, look, he made an all-rookie team. Um, he also led the NBA in assists in 2002. Um, and, look, Miller is the only player in NBA history to have at least 16,000 points, 8,000 assists, which is 11th all-time, and 1,500 steals without making an all-star game. So so just go back to that, Wood. So we're talking 16K points, 8K assists, a lot of steals, and never made an all-star game. So one pretty interesting fact about the professor there, um, in those 17 seasons that he played, he missed three games due to injury in that whole 17 season. So the that's pretty remarkable, right? I mean, look, it obviously wouldn't happen in today's NBA, but he was an absolute Ironman there and a massive credit to him. I mean, anyone listening to this podcast, if you've taken only three days off work from your job in the last 17 years, I absolutely commend you. And I'd be pretty certain that there's not one person listening that has only taken three days off. So, yeah, big respect to the professor there. Um, so, Woods, do you reckon I'd have a bobblehead for Andre Miller at all, do you think? Or, I know you do, man. I know you I do. do. I've seen right. it. Well, I've seen it. That, right? I've seen it at okay. your house, man. So the Andre Miller bobblehead. So he's wearing that Cavs jersey there. He's wearing the home jersey. I'm rocking the road one there. So, yeah, another one of those stadium giveaway bobbleheads that um, you can only sort of get if you're at a game. They were never actually sold in stores. So, yeah, Andre the Professor. Probably a and name a, we haven't heard of, thought of for a little bit as well, right? And Yeah, for sure. And a true pass-first point guard. You know, th those, guys, those are a dime a dozen these days, man. You know, you got that scoring combo guard almost everywhere, but that guy who's always looking to set up his teammates before looking for his own, you don't see those guys much. Hey, Woods, that's know. what makes that 50-point game that he got even more remarkable, right? He right. was a pass-first player and he just broke out. So he's on that list of pretty, pretty obscure players over the years, you know, uh, Tony Delk and a few others, to, to name a few that have sort of got that 50 points. Corey Brewer. <laughs> Corey Brewer, yeah. We should do a little bit of a segment one week on some of those, definitely. Yep. 
definitely. All right, good stuff. Well, all right, we might sort of get into it, I guess. Um, look, obviously, last week's episode, we had a lot of fun with um, Jaden Oakley, AKS Finesse Main, coming on the show. We did obviously all our all-star predictions and, and sort of went through that. So I thought we'd just give a little bit of a quick uh, recap on that, Woods. Obviously, now the All-Star Weekend's done. Um, just wanted to see what your overall thoughts were of the weekend, um, maybe sort of something that you enjoyed and maybe something that nobody enjoyed in the dunk comp. But anyway, give us your thoughts. Look, I really enjoyed it, you know. And um, in the past, I haven't watched all the events in the All-Star game, you know, maybe just that Saturday night with, with the three-point shootout and skills and whatnot. But I actually watched them all. Uh, all the events this year and, and the rising stars challenge is, is the one thing that really stood out for me i really enjoyed it i like the format right i love the format um and those guys played hard they were really looking for you know um a victory because it meant something and someone forgot to tell ex sydney king jay sean tate that it was in game seven of the nba finals man the guy played so hard he really wanted that victory um and just to see guys playing defense and and um you know giving giving a shit about winning, you know, which is mm. something that in the past it's been more like a, a just a pickup game. But these guys really wanted to, to win for their respective charities and whatnot. And I like the format, as you said. So that yeah. really stood out for me. It was yeah. pretty entertaining, wasn't it? So I guess just a, a quick recap of just the winners there. So the Rising Stars game was, um, was won by Team Barry. It was led by MVP Cade Cunningham. The Skills Challenge was won by Team Cabs. The three-point comp was won by not Ice Tray, but Big Cat. Who who predicted that one last you, week, Woods? You did, man. You did, did I you. maybe predict he was going to beat Luke Kennard in the final? I think I did, right? You okay. did, man. You I know, like that. That. Like great, that. great job, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, the dunk comp, we'll go a little bit more into that later, but probably not a lot because it doesn't deserve it. But um, the Knicks, Obi Toppin won that. And, of course, the actual game, um, yeah, basically Team LeBron won that again, didn't they? Um, and Steph Curry was probably the most unconscious I've ever seen anyone in a basketball game getting 16 three-pointers. So. That was really fun, man. You see him just chucking up a, a three from the logo and just turning around and, like, you know, showmanship, man, you know? So amazing, I think I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that, man. I normally don't enjoy that game, but this year I definitely enjoyed oh, it. It's amazing yeah. to watch. I love that alley-oop that our boy Trey threw to Jar Moran as oh, well, right? hell yeah. I had a good hell understanding, yeah. though, too. They work well together. Together, Trey was know. really enjoying that as well, yep. you know, when 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 Jar threw that down. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah, no, it was good. So I thought we'd maybe just talk a little bit about the three point comp, and then we'll probably end with the dunk comp. And as I said, sure. we probably won't talk too much about that. But yeah, what were your thoughts on the three comp? I know for three point comp, I know for me personally, I really enjoyed it. As we said last week, it was a great field. You know, half of the people competing in the event were actually playing in the All Star game, and I think they probably need to do something similar with the dunk comp. You've got to have household names there and names that people are going to sort of be interested. To to, to cheer and support there so i really enjoyed it and, and massive respect to cat i'm not just saying that because i like him and i picked him but you know i mean they're saying he's the first big man to win the the three-point couple he's not because dirk's won it before yeah, as well but yeah. i mean he is a big big man isn't he if you know what i mean so and he was just on point in that final um, and i've i actually re-watched the final last night just because i you know, had nothing else better to do um Trey was pretty unlucky. Trey missed both of those three-point yep. um, strike balls there. So if he'd have hit one of those threes, he would have tied Cat and it would have been some sort of, you know, a final sort of re a shoot-off or something else like that. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on the actual three-point conference? I think you covered a lot of it. I mean, it was so competitive, such mm -hmm. a great field of, of players involved, um, and it meant a lot to them. You know, I said sometimes that's, that these things don't mean too much. Like, we'll get onto the dunk, dunk contest later and, mm -hmm. and how its importance has faded over the years. But the three-point contest, it still means something. And you saw Cat and how much it meant to him and, and him celebrating afterwards and saying, look, I said I'm the best 
you know, three-point shooting big man of all time. And, and this is mm. further justifying that, that claim. And how can anyone not be happy for, for the big cat too after what's gone on in his life in the last couple of years? So that's a yep. massive credit to him. And it's great to sort of see him so happy after winning that, wasn't Definitely. it? You see him and my boy, Zach Levine, having that big embrace afterwards as well. That was nice to see. They're still still sort of really tight, those guys. Yeah. What about the format there, Woods? Are you sort of happy with that now? It's been going for a couple of years now, but, you know, they have the all money ball rack, which they choose, and obviously those three points of the sprite balls. You, you cool with that? Yeah, I'm good with it, man. And the, the, the sprite ball sort of give for the new NBA where people are shooting from range, right? That's true. It's a skill set that's part of the game now that... Because, look, a few yeah. people have said, oh, look, it's hard to compare it, you know, Craig Hodges and all these guys back in the day and what their record was compared to now. But I'm fine with it. I think as long as they keep it like this, probably, I think probably there's a few things in the All-Star Weekend that do need some modification. I don't think the three-point nah, comp is one fine. of them. So, yeah. Fine. All right. The dunk comp. Do we have to talk about it? Yeah, we'll just quickly touch on it. I, I said this to you after after the dunk comp. Like, this is so stupid. You know, these guys get multiple attempts. They're spending 10, 15 minutes trying to get a dunk. Back in the day, it was one dunk. If you made it, you made it. If you didn't, yep. you moved on to the next, right? You know, and you, you have a time limit of 60 seconds to do one dunk in. If you throw it up and you miss it, that's still a miss. That's done. You're, you're yeah. done. I next think you had one chance back in the day, did you? You did one, you had a second chance. If you didn't get that second chance, score of zero, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, whatever it was, it was mm. kept to a short time. People weren't sitting around. You saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just walk off in the middle of Jalen Green's dunks because he said, I've had enough, man. I'm going to bed now. Did you see that? Yeah, and I yeah. felt sorry for those judges as well. It's funny. If you go back and look at a replay, some of those dunks were actually pretty decent. Like um, Toscano Anderson's dunk was decent. Um, that first one he did, he, um, I think Obi Toppin had a couple of nice dunks, but you just kind of lose that momentum when it's taking one minute or they're having five attempts to get it. So if they kind of remix those highlights and just show the actual made dunks, I don't think they're bad dunks. You know, that dunk that Obi Toppin um, did on his last dunk of the event, we haven't seen the dunk like that before, have we? I mean, that was pretty high degree of difficulty. But like I said, when someone's having three or four attempts, it just kind of takes all the momentum out there. And look, there's a lot of people saying that maybe they shouldn't finish the the actual All-Star Saturday night with the, the dunk comp. I mean... I don't know. I mean, maybe that's something I need to work on. But I think they probably, like I said, need to work on the actual field they get there. I mean, you can't make people go in. But, you know, imagine that if we did have Ja Moran or a couple of those guys at least that are in the All-Star game rather than some of these kind of, let's face it, they're kind of no-name players. The average fan probably wouldn't even know half of those guys, right? Yeah, and I mean... It's become a bit of a laughing stock, the, the dunk comp. There have been a yeah. few good ones of late in memory, sure. But, I mean... These big names like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want anything to do with that. Whereas at the three-point comp, you've got all the big names coming. And maybe they should, you're right, they should finish the, the Saturday night events with, with the three-point comp and maybe yeah. start with the um, dunk potentially. There's been a lot of negative talk, hasn't there? So it'd almost be guaranteed that they'll change up the format somehow next year. But I guess that's probably the problem. They've had so many goes. Didn't they not have it at one All-Star weekend as well? They didn't have it all together. They've had that thing where they had the teams you know, dunking together, which was ridiculous. I don't even know who actually won that year. Do you remember? I think it was yeah. John Wall. I don't know. I don't even remember, as I said. But, yeah, something sort of clearly needs to give. But, look, let's obviously not, you know, that wasn't that's the not, Yeah. Exactly. The rest yeah, of the weekend was good, right? Um, you know, Cleveland set up their their LeBron sort of recruiting pitch for him for when he goes, goes back home and finishes his career in a couple of years. That seems pretty likely. Um, but yeah, I loved all the other stuff, yeah. like we said. The Rising Stars was fun. Um, the shooting stars would that was probably just the one thing we didn't touch on. What were your thoughts on that? Um, you're talking about the skills the, challenge. The skills, skills challenge. challenge. I loved it, man. Absolutely loved okay. it, right? I yep. love the team format. Um <laughs> Funny to see Scotty Barnes though miss all those little short, oh, short brutal, jump shots. Hey, how fun would it be to have a go on that course? 
No, oh, it would be great. Moving targets, the pass and everything. I thought Josh held himself pretty well out there. He was probably one of the better shooters out there, nah. which is just saying something. And you know his passing is going to be on point. So Thoroughly enjoyed the team format. I think they should stick with it going forward. And we got right? to see who that third end of Tecumpo brother is because, as I said last week, I had no idea who he yep. was. So I know who yep. he is now, so that's good. No, it's good fun, man. Yeah. All right, good stuff. All right, well, that's sort of the all-star event um, sort of, you know, puts a bed for another year. But what we thought we might do for this next segment, Woods, is basically, obviously, there's no NBA games this week. We're recording this show on Thursday, the 24th of February. Um, so obviously, the NBA games are back tomorrow. But we thought it might be a good time to give a little quick update on the seven Aussies that are currently playing in the NBA what the remainder of the season might look for them. So, of course, I say seven. I'm not including Kyrie Irving. He was born in Australia, but he's not an Aussie and he's a clown anyway, so I'm not really talking about him. So we'll talk about the actual Aussies, right, Wood? So we thought sure. we maybe, yeah, sort of just say a few comments and sort of what you know how they've gone so far and what the rest of the season's looking like. So, I don't know, Woods, you want to maybe take us away with your boy, Paddy Mills? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, a lot, lot going on on Brooklyn lately, as, as we all know. And look, he had a... Great first half of the season, you know, a career year he's having up to date. And he ended up starting for most of that, most of the first half of the season because of injuries and various other reasons, Robbie. So, I mean, with the addition of uh, Goran Dragic, Seth Curry, even Ben Simmons, his minutes may take a dip into the mid-20s and he'll probably move to a, a to the bench to a sixth-man role, which he's mm-hmm. obviously very comfortable with. And I think it may actually be good for him. So, um, I think the outlook for the second half of the season for Paddy's good and he can just build on um, what he's done so far in, in the first half. Was the, the Dragic drag, uh, news a surprise to you that they were sort of still looking to bolster that, that point guard position or the, the, the backcourt? A little bit, but obviously there's that connection there with Steve Nash and Goran, mm-hmm. and they're great friends going back a long time. So I'm yep. not surprised that uh, he's come on board and they could do with a another savvy veteran in that locker room as well, you know? It's interesting. A little mail I was getting that, um, you know, Goran was going to be going to, to possibly Milwaukee there. So obviously that connection with Steve Nash and everything yep. else like that and, you know, probably Marks and everything as well was the reason that he sort of went yeah, there. So Definitely. All right, I appreciate that, that little update on Paddy Mills. So, look, I might take us away with our boy Matisse Thibel next. Um, yep. Look, he's had a pretty solid season so far. Um, look, you kind of know what you're going to get from Matisse. You're not going to get a lot of points from him. Um, I do think one thing he needs to possibly improve on, he's actually shooting a career-worth 28% from the three-point line this year, which we know that's not a good figure. We talked about that 3-and-D type player. Probably needs to boost that up to at least the mid thirties to kind of be you know respected yep. out there. I actually think having Harden out there might actually help him a little bit. I mean, Harden is such a weapon on offense that it will open up things a little bit for Matisse there. You'll probably get some some better sort of open looks there and have a chance to improve those percentages. But yeah, happy with the way he's playing. I think he's going to be a, a very important um, piece to that Philly puzzle. And you can see why they clearly didn't want to include him in any trades there. I mean, there's yeah. not a lot of people out there. He's averaging you know. You know, one and a half blocks a game and, you know, nearly a steal and stuff as well. He's a very unique player. So, yeah, we know we love Matisse there. So, all right. Well, um, I'll go on to his former teammate, uh, next Woods. I'll take this one away if you want. So, sure. Uh, ben Simmons, we feel like we've chatted a little bit, a bit about him on the show. So, as you're probably aware, Woods, you did get traded, right? You did sort of see that. So... Um, I read that somewhere. I read that somewhere. Read that. Yeah. So, he's got that new number 10 that he's going to be rocking in, in uh, uh, Brooklyn. So, he's got a number change there. Um... 
look, I'm looking forward to see how he looks there, to be honest. I mean, what I sort of read yesterday, he's probably pre- pretty close. Um, we've obviously seen him sitting on the bench, which I think is a big step for Simmons. He's been, you know, we've hardly sort of sided him all year. I think he'll be a little bit rejuvenated going there. I think he'll probably enjoy playing for, you know, someone in, in Steve Nash that, you know, probably hasn't been out of the game too long. I mean, you look in Philadelphia, you know, same sort of situation, a former point guard that coached that team. But Doc Rivers is pretty old school, let's face it. Been out of the game a long time now. Steve Nash will probably be a bit, a little bit able to maybe deal with someone like Simmons. We know Simmons is a little bit of a sensitive guy, and that's fine. He's a new age kind of a kind of a yep. guy there. So hopefully Nash will sort of work well in there. But actually really looking forward to sort of see that. I'm not sure if they're going to wait until KD's back or whether they're just going to basically throw him out there. But, yeah, either way, really looking forward to see how he, how he goes and yeah, how he can sort of help uh, Brooklyn towards that championship. And you mentioned someone like Goran Dragic, like a veteran who's been around the blocks, work with Steve Nash. It's not going to hurt for Ben Simmons to have someone like that in the locker room as well. So good definitely good fit for him. Yeah, definitely. So what's I'm not doing a few in a row. Why don't you take us away with Josh Green now and give us a, give us a few thoughts on Josh? Yeah, awesome. So, um, I mean, if you haven't listened to the Ball in the Real World podcast with Kane Pittman, you, you, you listened to that, Robbie? Didn't I you did. Recently? It was a good good episode, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Had um, Tim Bontemps on afterwards. He's always yeah. a good listen. Yeah, it was good. So, so whoever hasn't listened, please jump on and, and listen to that podcast. Um, Kane did a great job interviewing uh, Josh Green. Yeah. Um, and Josh Green spoke about how much he's enjoyed playing under Jason Kidd. Um, and Jason Kidd, he puts faith in him. And I think he will continue to grow uh, in the back half of this season. Uh, and I, I don't think the addition of a veteran like... Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie will, will hurt him. Do you? Do you? I don't Robbie? think so at all. Dinwiddie, no. I don't know. He's not really going to go out there and lock down people like Josh is, is he? Nah, not, not really. And I think even Dinwiddie, he's also another veteran guy, you know, someone that maybe, um, you know, Josh Green could learn a few things off as well. There's no harm in having him there, right? So, of course. And, you know, we've definitely got a soft spot for Josh Green as well. Of course, his dad was a former Hills Hornet, you know, Hills Hornet in um, the Castle Hill area in New South Sydney, New South Wales, where we both play. So always had a bit of a soft spot and, you know, sort of taken a keen interest on how Josh's career is going. So um, we still don't have his jersey yet either, do we? Oh, uh, well, that's where you're wrong, man. I just Ooh. put it in order for a Landale and a Green jersey. Ooh, They're on their out. way, man. They're on their nice. way. Would you go the, the city edition one? I went the city edition one, and I went the uh, the, the gray one for Landale, right? So nice. uh, the city nice. edition Mavericks and the gray yep. one for Landale. Uh, Landale so, one will be awesome. Very good. I was just about to tell you after I spoke <laughs> about Jock Landale. So that's a good segue. I'll speak about Jock Landale real quickly. Nice. So we know, know Drew Eubanks has been traded to the Raptors. Mm. Am I right, Robbie? Yep, that's yep. right. Yep. And that automatically puts Jock into a more prominent role in that Spurs rotation. Um, yeah. You've seen Pop has been, you know, putting that's more Thaddeus faith in Young him. as well, Woods. So that's another oh, yep. player that's playing in that front court that's now gone. Yeah, he's at the Raptors too now, isn't he? Yep, Thaddeus he Young. Yeah, All yeah. right. So you've seen, yeah, as I said, Pop's put more faith in him lately. And and before this this trade even happened, that was already sort of a shift was happening in that sense, right? But I think in the back half of the season, he's going to have a lot more opportunity playing um, behind Jakob Pertl. Um, So, yeah, I expect to see him grow and and show what he's capable of, right? It might be one of those things. If they sort of start to get out of that playoff contention, which I'm not sure, they may end up, you know, the playing tournament, they may, you know, once Pop gets that sort of win record as well, which he's pretty close to, he might sort of start playing, you know, some of the, the younger guys on the bench a bit more if there's not as much to play for. So I yeah. uh, appreciate that, Woods. Well, kind of leaves us two more. I mean, look, obviously, Joe Ingalls, not really a lot to mention about him. We know he was traded from the Jazz. He does have, you know, the injury that he's out for the season. So probably leave it there with Joe. We've spoken about him a bit. Um, and look, we'll finish off with the other Josh, um, of course, Josh Giddy. 
Um, I know how much we've loved watching this guy play. I think I said last week, I've, I've never watched this many OKC games, you know, since back in the day where they had their big three there. So you sort of watch it. You probably don't expect them to, to win, but I just really enjoy watching the way he's playing. Um, look, I do have one concern. We know OKC's got a little bit of a history of shutting down players' woods. We've seen it multiple times over the last few years. I'd, I'd say they're probably going to do the same with SGA. So I hope they don't shut down Josh. In fact, I actually hope they do the opposite and really try and showcase him, you know. 25 games left in the season. If they really showcase him and he puts up some more of these numbers, look, I think Evan Mobley's probably got one hand on that Rookie of the Year trophy. But Agreed. what's not to say that if Josh continues to play like this and finishes the last, you know, third of the season off in style, he can't be in contention there. So, yeah, looking really looking forward to see how he goes there anyway. So what you're saying is you hope they do shut down SGA because do. Josh Giddy's going to get him down and give Josh 40 minutes a game. I'm right. absolutely all for that. Yeah. I hear that, man. I and hear then that. I can sort of you know have you know hardly any wins and get another hundred draft picks again. That seems to be the way they like to go. So <laughs> right, uh, good stuff. Yeah, we thought that was probably a good time this week just to sort of give a bit of an update on those those Aussies playing in the NBA. And look, I think we know the All Star break isn't the halfway mark of the season. It sort of comes a lot later into the season. But yeah, looking forward to see how all seven of those um, those boys go for the rest of the year. Anyway. For sure. All right, Woods, you ready for a bit of NBL talk? Oh, definitely, man. I know definitely. you're always ready for that, right? As, yeah. Especially this week, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, like, okay. Yeah. All right, so look, the Kings game aside, I just wanted to see now round 12s in the books. What were your thoughts on the round and what stood out the most to you? I mean, the Jack Jumpers, obviously, um, playing really good basketball. I think what they're seven and seven, if I'm not mistaken, at the moment, um, just sitting out of that top five and shooting you know, lots out of it. Top four, they're just sitting out of the top four. Yeah, Josh Adams went off. What was it 22 threes or something they made yep, like in that yep. game? So um, they stood out. And obviously the Kings, I mean, we've struggled to put games together, wins together. But, um, you know, it's it's really it really bodes well that we've been able to win some tight games against Brisbane um, and then against you guys, Perth, recently. And if you want to talk about a big three, you know, Jalen Adams, Xavier Cooks, Jarrell Martin. That's a huge big three that you got on one team. And then to add a guy like Ian Clark into the mix, who, who we saw shooting the lights out, it seems like he just got off a plane and he's, he's, uh, he's feeling it right away. So is it no salary cap again for the Kings? Woods like in that when they got that three beat? Has it gone back to those days? So how do you, I know you're going to say Bryce Cotton and that, but you guys have got three guys that were good NBA players playing there. Plus you've got all that Aussie talent as well. I don't know how they do it. Full credit to them, I guess. I mean, look, you can't, even Melbourne United, they spend a lot of money as well, man. So it's not yeah, just the Kings, like two right? imports, though. They don't have three yeah. guys with big NBA stuff on their resume. No, anyway. you know what? So, so Delhi's not, Delhi's not that guy, right? Yeah, well, Delhi's taking up about half the salary cap. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, no. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, that it, it's really promising to see, and and there's a lot of criticism around Chase Buford and the job mm-hmm. he was doing. And I told everyone, look, just let this young coach grow into his role, and he's starting to. We're seeing that maturation happen in front of us, so I'm really happy with the way he's coming along. As Your well. thoughts on the Hawkswoods? Obviously, they've been a team that people have been talking about a little bit, haven't they? Um, they're a confusing team for me. I mean, look, every time I seem to see them play, they're playing at home. It's unbelievable. I think they've got another home game Friday night. I, I don't know what the go is when they're actually going to get on the road, but. Something really seems to be up with that team at the moment. I'm just not quite sure, you know, what it is there. They seem to be in a lot of games, but their defense is clearly not at the level it should be there. We have spoken about that on previous episodes, and we even spoke about that to, to Jacob um, on the previous episode, the, the Hawks assistant there. But what's your sort of take on the Hawks at the moment? And do you think they can turn things around? I think they can possibly turn things around. It's going to be tough for them to make the top four with Sydney playing so well. Mm. The, the problem is that Brian Gorgian just will not utilize his local talent at all do you know what yeah. i mean he's 
he's hell-bent on playing, you know, Xavier Rathenmays um, and not playing Emmett Nahr and not playing AJ Ogilvy. I mean, these guys need to play a little bit more in previous seasons. In fact, when he coached Sydney, he'd go 9-10 deep, right? Now mm. he's just stuck on 7 or 8 in the rotation. Um, and, and, and he's not budging on that, you know, despite the team not performing well. Um, yeah. And Xavier Rathenmays, like, look, he's okay. But I think that defensively, he's... He's a bit of a liability. and uh... He was probably supposed to be a bit better on the defensive end, wasn't he? I was going to say as well, Woods, we heard our boys, you know, Joe and Andrew on the NBL podcast, uh, NBL Pocket podcast this week, talk about Tyler Harvey. And he's he's been one for me. He just seems like a shell of a player. I mean, let's not forget, he was in the top three or top two even for MV, MVP voting this year. I mean, he he wouldn't be in the top 30 for MVP voting if they were to do that. What, what do you think is happening with him? I really don't know what's going on there. And he's got the ball in his hands a lot. I mean, the whole mm. idea was to bring in Xavier Athenmaze and, and maybe even utilize Emmett Nara a little bit so he could play a little bit more off the ball. But yeah. it seems like there's a lot of pounding the rock, James Harden style, a, a little bit with Tyler Harvey this year. Yeah, and his shot if, seems to be really off, doesn't it? He's, he's certainly not shy getting him up, but they're just not falling for him. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's supposed to be a good shooting gym, right? That they seem to play all their games in. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but all right. Now, Woods, I'm just seeing something on the run sheet. It said, let's talk about Saturday night's game. Um, do we have to do that? Or? <laughs> tell, me about yeah, Vic, go on, right. tell me about the Vic Law incident, man. I want to hear a little right. bit about well, that. Yeah, right? like, I guess just for, the, for the, the listeners and the audience there, you know, Woods and I, as we mentioned, we went out to the game. I've got to say, even though it wasn't my team winning, I thought that really was one of the games of the year. Um, it was high scoring. It had excitement it sort of went right down to the wire um look the first thing i did when we got home on saturday night woods i fired up the um the foxtel iq and i watched the fourth quarter of that game and tell me crazy you know there was two different times where you know sydney were up 11 points there perth kept on fighting back cotton was just hitting every shot he took Travis really stepped up um, and Jesse was sort of big in that fourth quarter. But, you know, I think it was just Adams and Jarrell Martin. They just always seemed to have an answer there. We'd come back and one of those two guys had hit a big shot. Um, Jarrell Martin was huge in the fourth quarter. I know you were were cheering on his um, points total during the game as well, which was good. But, um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, it was a pretty frustrating end to watch that, you know, Firstly, Vic Law had that decent sort of look, missed it. That was okay. I was fine with that shot. We got another look. Bryce Cotton had that three from the top of the key that basically went in and went out. I mean, that could have been game over if he got that. But the the big one for me is that last play that they ran with Vic Law taking that three-pointer down one, you know, a metre or so outside the three-point line. It just wasn't needed, that shot. I would have loved to have seen him either try and get inside, you know, keeping give, give in mind they were down one, try and get a chance to, to get a two-pointer or at least get fouled. Or probably would you have maybe not given the ball to the best player in the in the NBL Woods and get the ball to uh, to Bryce and just let him go to work? Well, Cotton um, gave it to Law, and he was he probably wanted know, it back. Wanted right? it back, right? And, and I mean, he had a good defender yeah. on him. We know one; he's very long and he's a good defender, and he sort of definitely disrupted um, a Cotton a little bit when he came on. But that was just a terrible shot. And just to complicate matters further, you know, I think was it Cooks or Martin or someone that got that rebound there. We had Jesse Wagstaff and Travis just standing around looking at him. It's just a total brain fade there, like just with not fouling, right? Oh, so man. had they have fouled there, you know, even if Sydney made both free throws, it still only would have been a three-point lead. There would have been about 10 seconds left, maybe a little bit less than that. But instead, as I said, a, a couple of guys had brain fades there. Sydney threw the ball down the other end and, and got a big dunk on the buzzer that made the crowd go crazy. So, yeah, but either way, it was a really good game, right? It was, it was fun going oh. out and watching that. 
Definitely. And do you want to speak a little bit about the jersey incident, you know, that you told me about Viclaw ripping his jersey and not... Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. So tell a few people that, probably yeah. noticed, yeah, I know they said in the coverage, oh, where's Vic Law gone? So you could see he went off to the bench, I believe it was in the third quarter. Um, he was having a bit of a temper tantrum on Vic Law and he did the old Incredible Hulk and, and did that. He ripped a hole basically down the front bit of the jersey there. So look, you know, it happens from time to time. Obviously, Perth with a road team, which... Let's face it, they're always the road team, uh, thanks to Mr. McGowan. But um, anyway, he went into the back room with the, the trainers and everything else like that. Apparently, they couldn't find a replacement jersey. So, I mean, you know I like this word, Woods, a little bit of amateur hour going on there. That's something they should have had sort of ready. So they eventually found someone. I mean, I was wearing a white Wildcats jersey in the crowd. You know, they could have asked me. I would have I would have taken that off my back if Vic Law could have worn that. But, you know, they eventually found one. But he was off for a lot of time there. And you could obviously see in that press conference that, you know, ScoMo was obviously pretty annoyed about that. Obviously, it was, you know, a pretty frustrating game for him. And that would have certainly frustrated him to, you know, have his second best player missing for so long just for something so stupid like that. So Wildcats, maybe you guys, you know, get your uniform guy to pack sort of some some spare sets for these road games next time. But yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting. It probably made a, a bit of a difference in the game, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, what I thought we'd do, Woods, you know, we've got a really big round 13 coming up this week, don't we? I think we've got eight games in six days. Um, starts off tonight. Cairns and Brisbane tonight, right? Yeah, you're putting that up now. So yeah, just thought maybe you could uh, sort of read us through those games or just give some quick thoughts. All right. We'll start off with Cairns and Brisbane tonight. Mm-hmm. What do you got? We haven't had NBL for a couple of nights now, Wood, so I'm getting a little bit edgy now. So looking forward to watch that. Um, we've got a buy tonight for our Thursday night comp. So hmm, I'm actually going to say Cairns to bounce back on this one. I don't feel very confident with it, but I don't think they can play a lot worse than they played the last few weeks. Um, Cairns need to realise that you probably need to score about 80 points in the NBL in this modern day and age to win a game. So if you're getting 58, 62, 65, whatever they've been getting, it's not going to work. But yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're wearing a Brisbane Bullets jersey, Wood, so you've got to say them, right? No, definitely not. You know, Tajir McCall had a players-only meeting, you know, after the last loss. And I think that they're really going to come out firing at home at the convention centre tonight. So I got mm-hmm. cans for sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Then we'll move on to the next game, which is um, tomorrow, which is uh, Illawarra versus Adelaide. Illawarra's at home again? Yeah, Illawarra's at home. Wow. Didn't expect that. Look, that's definitely a bounce-back game for Illawarra. I mean, when you're in a team not playing in the best of form, there's no better team probably to come to town than um, the Adelaide 36ers. So we know, obviously, they're going to be adding an import. I'm sure he won't be available this week. But there's a little bit going on in Adelaide, is there? I think they've probably been... You could maybe argue they've been the most disappointing team so far this season. I think they probably had top four aspirations. Um, We've spoken a little bit about that. That import combo, I was probably a little bit harsh last week and I called it the worst import duo of all time. So I might have been a little bit harsh there. But look, I mean, what do you know about Scotty, Scotty Hobson coming into this team, Woods? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a surprise, right? Because it's a team that's probably, as you said, not going to make the playoffs. Mm. Um, I thought that he might go back to Melbourne United where he's, you know, got f- familiar faces around. And um, I think it must have come down to money. Is that set in stone? Do you know, the Scotty Hobson? I believe it is. I mean, look, although the way they were saying a few days ago, it was uh, Jerome Randall. And look, I was so glad they didn't get him. I mean, last time I checked my calendar, it said 2022. Um, Jerome Randall, I'm sorry, but he's not an NBL quality player in this day and age, at this stage of his career. He's, you know, he's a bit of a mercenary. He'll come in, he'll average, you know, a few points, but I don't think he's going to add anything to a team or make any team that he goes to better at this stage of his career. So, whereas I think Hobson could, you know, Hobson's obviously, yeah. you know, a bit younger there. He's probably got a lot more to offer, a lot of athleticism and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess we'll sort of watch this space to see when that sort of happens and that. But, yeah, I think we're both both picking the Hawks for that game. Yeah, Hawks. I got, I got the Hawks in that game for sure. Yeah. Um, then 
Then we move on to Brisbane versus the Jack Jumpers, which is on Saturday. Yeah. It's a quick turnaround for Brisbane, isn't it? Um, yeah. Look, the Jack Jumpers are playing really well. I did pick Cairns to beat Brisbane tonight, so I'm going to say Brisbane to win that game to make it a, a bit of a 1-1 weekend. Less than 48 hours before playing their previous mm. game, Brisbane, as you said, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers are in, in great great form. So I'm going to go with the Jack Jumpers in that game and Brisbane to lose both games this weekend. Okay. All right, so we'll move on to your Perth Wildcats um, playing Southeast Melbourne at John Kane Arena. Uh, also on, on Saturday, nice doubleheader we were on Saturday. Yeah, so looking forward fun. to watch that one. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? And the thing that worries me as a Wildcats fan is we know that Southeast has got some, you know, pretty big units on that team. You know, they've got Ashley, they've got Joe Chi. You know, Perth have got Majok Majok and, and Hodgson, who both haven't really been setting the, the world on fire this year. Um, look, I do think we match up pretty well apart from the big guys sort of match up there. Um, I think it should be a really good game. I mean, I'm probably being a homer, but that could be the game of the round. It probably is the game of the round, yeah. I'd say. No, definitely, definitely the game um, of the round. Yeah. Look, I'll say Perth, a bit of a bounce-back game. I don't think they're going to be very happy about that loss to Sydney, so I think they might come out firing and, and, and take that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Southeast Melbourne on this one, playing in front of their home crowd. And I think Perth's in a little bit of a free fall, Robbie, unfortunately. You never pick um, Perth anyway, so that's no shock. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, <laughs> all right, so Adelaide versus Sydney. I don't even have to tell you this one. Sydney's on a roll. Um, as you said, I don't know if Hobson will be available mm. for Sunday. I think it'll probably more likely next week, right? Um, I think so Sydney's I'm, I'm on a bit of a run of one game around, haven't they? They've played, they seem to have played a few more te- uh, games than most teams there. But, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I can't see Adelaide getting anywhere close to them there. And it'd be interesting to see if your boy um, Jalen sort of continues his run there because, I mean, he is just scoring from every part of the court at the moment, isn't he? He's, he's very, very good oh. to watch. Oh, totally. Um, he may not be in this league next year if he keeps no, playing like exactly this, right? right. So, yeah. um, okay, Cairns, Taipans, Melbourne United. I mean, it's hard to look past Melbourne United. I know Cairns are playing at home, but mm. um, I think Melbourne will have too much firepower. And, you know, I don't, I don't think Stephen Zimmerman or Keanu Pinder are going to be able to stop JLA, are they? Are they? <laughs> that Zimmerman's a funny player, isn't he? He's just got hands of stone, doesn't he? The amount of times I see him just get a really good ball thrown to him and he just drops it and fumbles it. He's just, you know, he doesn't quite have the hands at this NBL level. But yeah, I think you're right. Melbourne will probably do that pretty easily. Right. And then we've got the uh, a bit of a Perth flavor. Tasmanian Jack Jumpers versus the, the Perth Wildcats at my state yeah. bank arena, man. So talk to me. It's going to be fun, Looking right? Forward to that. You know, I'm sure we have played this year, but I can't really recall a, a Perth Tasmania game. I have to actually double check that. But look, I think that should be a good game. Um, you know, both teams have obviously got a double this weekend, don't they? So um, I think Tasmania. Yeah, uh, I can't not pick Tasmania. I'm going to pick Perth for it, but yeah, it would not shock at all to see Tasmania come out and, and fire and get all those threes from outside and win that game. But I'll say Perth. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to say Perth simply because. I mean, there's a lot of familiarity there, right? And I think mm. the Perth Wildcats will be able to sort of neutralize some of those things that, that the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers do. And, and you know, after losing to Southeast Melbourne, which I feel will happen earlier in the round, mm. they'll have a point to prove. So I wouldn't be surprised as well if Tasmania win, but I'm going to go with Perth in this one, Robbie, for sure. Yeah. yeah? Um, and then we've got a Tuesday night NBL game. Am I reading that correctly? Um, are you also reading correctly that it might be the Hawks playing on the road as well? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, not really. Yeah, on the road and, and New Zealand playing. Oh, it'll yeah, be in Tasmania as well. Be, yeah. Behind, it'll be. In, it will be. Yeah. I think in, it'll be closed doors, right? No, no crowd. I don't think. Yeah, in that I game, think you're so. right. Which is a shame, isn't it? When they have to do that, like. Yeah, New Zealand did beat them recently in that environment. You know, a few mm. weeks ago, right? So. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's... 
Oh, I'm going to say New Zealand, actually. Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm going to say New Zealand as well, man. You never know what they can do on any given yeah, day. Yeah, they're one of those teams, so, aren't they? They can beat anyone and they can absolutely lose to anyone with that yeah. team. So They yeah. won on that floor, I think, three weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, on a Friday night game or a Thursday night game versus yeah, the Warriors. Right. You remember that, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, I'm going to go with New Zealand as well. Nice. Well, it's certainly a big round ahead, isn't it? Really looking forward to, to watching those games. and yeah, Starting tonight. Yep. Exactly right. All right, so it's coming up to that part of the show that we know everyone loves, and I certainly know that Woody loves it because um, he gets a little bit excited. But it's classic PAX time, and as I mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to do a little bit of a, a difference here, right? So we're actually going to um, basically open an old pack of NBL cards, which is pretty cool. So... I've been looking forward to this all week, man. Seriously. <laughs> so we've got the 1994. Hey, you know you can get some random cards in this one. You can get some insert cards, some pretty sort of rare cards. There's actually a special redemption Leonard Copeland card, which I actually got back in the day. It was one in, I don't know how many packs, but I actually got it and I actually had to get mum to take me to the post office and you had to send like a, a self-addressed um, envelope thing to it, which shows how random it was. And then about a month later, they sent me this signed Leonard Copeland card. So I'll make out a mission to find that card, Woods, and maybe we'll, we'll show that on a future episode. All right, so it's starting off great here. Arguably the greatest point guard to ever come to our shores. I've got his jersey. Uh, he's now on the Melbourne Melbourne United coaching staff. New York City's yeah. finest. Who am I talking about? Uh, well, you're not talking about Ricky Grace, who is the greatest ever point guard, but probably the second would be Daryl D-Mac McDonald. So, yeah, what you got there? D-Mac. Ooh, nice. He's going the little dunker as well, isn't he? Yep. I remember these cards. These are actually quite nice looking cards. Show me a look at the back of those woods. We've got another photo as well. Or? Yep. They're pretty nice looking cards, those. I like that. So 1994, you said, right? Yep, 1994. Yeah, yeah. that is a very good start. All right. So this guy was uh, a naturalized center. He's an American. Spent m most of his career, if not all, if I'm not mistaken, at the Illawarra Hawks. He then moved into the front office uh, for the NBL. I think he might have been commissioner oh, for the Chuck NBL Harmison. for a while. Yes, Chuck Harmison. I'm, I'm not just NBA Woods. I've got the knowledge <laughs> oh, of the NBL well Big Chuck, yeah. What height did they have him listed at? He was a big unit back in the day, wasn't he? Has it got yeah. the heights on the back of it? Uh, yeah, let's have a look. 202 centimetres. I don't know what's oh, that. Yeah, centimetres, yeah. We're a bit old school. Come on, man. Come is on. he still around in the game as well? What's Chuck Harmison? I haven't seen his yeah. name for a while now. Was he the commissioner for the NBL for a short while? or? Mm, I couldn't say 100%. You could be right. Yeah. yeah. You normally are. All right, the great Gold Coast Rollers import combination. You know I love these guys. You know I love these two. Okay, you talked about the worst import combinations ever. Well, this import combination is right up there, man. Who am I talking about? So you're going to be talking about Mike Mitchell and Andre Lafleur. So who'd you get? Yeah, special insert. Oh, you got them both. Card. Dynamic duo card. Lafleur and Mitchell. Gold Coast awesome. Rollers. Yeah, Andre That is Lafleur. a cool card. They were a great duo, and weren't Mike they? Mitchell. Oh, man, what a great team that was. That is awesome, man. Good All right. so far. I like it. You always say that this man is the greatest ever import, Bryce Cotton. You always say that. I always say, nah, man, I'll tell you who's the greatest ever import. All right? Who, who am I talking about here? Huh? Are you being a homer? Is it some Sydney player? No, or is it man. Left-hander. Oh, Leroy. You know? Leroy. Yeah, man. Yeah, what a pack Leroy. we're getting here. Logan. How good Very is nice. this? Look at the little runner he's doing there as well. That's a nice looking shot. I'm sure that would have gone in too. But, yeah, man. You're already like halfway through the pack and we've got D-Mac and Leroy Loggins. How good is this? <laughs> okay, it's a pretty cool cool one too. Uh, Hobart Devils uh, had a brother, Sydney Kings for a while. Um, Sydney Darren Spirit. Smith. Darren Smith, man. Nice, yeah. nice. And what is that card, Woods? 
That's a Hobart Devil's Future Force. No, but look, is it a special type of car? Yeah, it is. It's called a Future Force, which means it's a a guy to look look to in the future. And he didn't end up having the greatest NBL career, did he? Darren Smith, yeah, probably not as much. He probably was in Jason's shadow a little bit, but he was still a pretty solid player. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Oh, and you'll love this one. 1993 Final Series Retrospective Card. Grand Final Game 2. Wildcats versus Tigers. Oh, is that JC going up for the shot? That yeah, was it's the Alabama on. slammer there, right? Nice, um, I like that one. And do you remember what happened in that game? Game two? Game two. Um, ooh, certainly remember what happened in the, in the deciding game. Uh, Perth won game two, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, hell yeah. The Wildcats squared the series. It was 112-105 yeah. win in front of a full house. 8,000 at the Perth Entertainment Center. That's what yep. happened, bro. Happy yeah. memories of that place. Yep. Amazing. It's been demolished now, just like yeah. our entertainment center in Sydney. Oh, yeah, man. Both of our entertainment centers are gone, right? <laughs> Fond memories for both of us. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got the Goldmark Opals Australian Sports Commission 94 card. Sounding very random. A big year for the Australian women's basketball team, taking the sport to its greatest heights with the 12th World Championship for Women. Fired by, yeah, I think it was 1994. Didn't Timsey tell us the 94 World Championships might have been in Australia? Yeah, that sounds about right. In yeah. Sydney, maybe I think she might have said that. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's what that refers to. Pretty okay, cool. we got Justin Withers from the Canberra Cannons. Wow, that's a name yeah. I haven't heard in a long time, man. No, I remember <laughs> him. He was with the, he played with Illawarra or Wollongong back in the day as well, didn't he? Yeah, yep. Withers, he was a decent player. Is that your boy Tim Morrissey you're shooting on it there is, as well? It I is can see indeed. that crazy blonde mop of hair. It is. Out. That's Tim Morrissey in the car. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else do we have here? We have a. Oh, man. We've got a checklist card. Oh, All right. no. A checklist card. What is this? I know what's about to happen to it. So anyone that hasn't watched the show before, we have borrowed this idea off the No Dunks podcast. And Lee Ellis has a rule when he opens the packs on their card that you rip it up and throw it over your shoulder. So Woods, take it away. This is an insert checklist card. So go on. Go on. Go on. All right. And we've got a 1993 semi-final series retrospective card, Tigers versus the Magic. So I do remember that series. It was the... Uh, uh, Southeast Melbourne Magic and the Tigers. Is that um, Long John Dorge on that photo for the Magic? Definitely looks like him. 33, and, right? Yeah, who could that be? Is that Robert Sibley? Was he there in 93? Yeah, uh, yeah he would have been uh, yeah. there. The baseline bandit, Robert Sibley. Yeah, <laughs> nice. He's going down the baseline too. <laughs> Very cool. Pretty good pack, huh? Very good pack. D-Mac and Leroy Loggins. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered what else we got there, but we didn't get one of your Sydney Kings, did we? That's about the only thing. No, we got Tim Morrissey in, in a... Yeah, in that's a, true. We got Tim Morrissey's shot. hair in one of the cards. So yep. uh, it's awesome, Woods. I'm glad you got a few of those. We can sort of mix it up a little bit. So uh, good stuff. Really enjoyed that, man. That was fun. That was great. All right. Well, that sort of takes us to the outro of the show now. It's been a real fun one. Um, I just wanted to sort of thanks everyone, thank everyone for tuning in. Um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, please continue to like and subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, just a, a reminder where you can be followed. Followed. Oh, sorry, where we can be followed. If I can talk properly. Um, so on Twitter, we're at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, Instagram, we are Throwback Hoops, and of course, our email address is Throwback Hoops Podcast at gmail.com. Um, Woody, do you want to take it away with your TikTok details and the Patreon details? Yeah, TikTok Woody underscore V eighty three. Please follow me there. You can find all the the videos. Um, 
linked link there as well to our YouTube channel. Uh, Patreon, look, if you can pledge your support to us, that'd be great. Jump on Patreon, look for Throwback Hoops and anything you can do to assist us, we'd, we'd greatly appreciate that. Good stuff. No, I appreciate it, Woods. So before we wrap up, Woods, I know we are talking before. I've been telling you I've been trying to get into this NBA 2K22 on PS4, right? I cannot shoot. I don't know what's going on. I can't work out how to shoot. So maybe when I get a bit of time later on today, I'll fire up the PlayStation 4 and just try and sort of work on that because I want to give you a game soon, but you told me you're playing on like expert level. So I'm probably not ready to play you right now, right? Start on rookie, man. You know, learn to shoot, get your mechanics right, bro, and then work your way up. That's what I did when I started playing 2K. But um, I think you'll be fine, man. Don't give up so easily, brother. I appreciate the advice, mate. I definitely needed it. So, all right. So look, yeah, just wanted to thank, thank everyone for tuning in. It's been great fun again, guys. Um, can't wait to do it all again next week um, yeah much love from the Throwback Hoops crew much love we've got a great episode next week look out for it peace out guys